Welcome to Torah Timecha Nach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Adina Blaustein, and today we're going to be studying Nehemiah chapter 12. In chapter 11, the list of those who settled in Yerushalayim was shared, as well as the resettlement of the Judean towns outside of Yerushalayim, but within the province of Judah. We noted that the themes aren't meant to be seen as an interruption to the story of Nehemiah. The lists are the story. By clearly stating who returned, sharing their genealogy, it emphasizes the historical bond the Jewish people have with the land. Israel is their inheritance. And the list is meant to emphasize this is their home and they are returning to their home. In chapter 12, we are treated to another list of priests, Levites, and gatekeepers. In verses 1 through 9, the priests and then the Levites who left Bavel and immigrated to Yerushalayim with Zerubbabel, the first governor, and Yeshua, the first Kohen Gadol, are listed. And then, in verses 10 through 11, the focus is on the Kohen Gadol and lists all the genealogies of the Kohen Gadol. Yeshua holidet Yoyakim, Yoyakim holidet El Yashiv, El Yashiv et Yoyada. The goal here seems to be to emphasize the unbroken chain of the Kohen Gadol from the first temple era to the second temple era. And as if to emphasize this point even more, verse 23 assures us of the bibliography. These individuals weren't just relying on their memory for their family tree. The Levites' heads of clans are listed in the Book of the Chronicles to the time of Yochanan, son of El Yashiv. By emphasizing the unbroken chain this generation had with previous generations, the people are articulating to the enemies that surround them, to future generations, but most importantly, to themselves, to their own generation, their claims to the land. These lists give us a window into the emotional state of these people. Much like Hasbara or PR for the current Medina Israel, a major goal isn't for the effect that it has on the larger world. It's for the effect that it has on ourselves. With that sense of inspiration, we are finally ready for the official dedication of the new rebuilt walls of Yerushalayim. And that starts in verse 27. As we noted when we started studying Nehemiah in chapter 1, the chronology of events is sometimes confusing. There is no clear date listed in chapter 12 for this ceremony, but it makes sense that it happened soon after the completion of the wall and the re- repopulation of the city. The details here are really fantastic. Levites assemble with musical instruments, as verse 27 tells us, At the dedication of the wall of Yerushalayim, the Levites, wherever they lived, were sought out and brought to Yerushalayim to celebrate a joyful dedication with thanksgiving and song, accompanied by cymbals, harps, and lyres. The word Chanukah reminds us within the book of Ezra Nehemiah of the other major dedication, the altar and the Beit HaMikdash. And now the city, the walls of the city and the city itself are being linked 
to the altar and the temple. The city is another religious institution, just like the altar and the temple. And so the city walls take on a religious quality as well. Yerushalayim isn't just any city. And so fittingly, just like the altar and the temple had their own Chanukah, had their own dedication, the Levium lead the purification ritual, procession, and the dedication, the renewed dedication of the city of Yerushalayim to Hashem. Nehemiah in verse 31 resumes the first person narrative, and he describes how he split the two groups of Levium and assigned each a choir. These two groups of Levium go around the city, each in opposite directions. As verse 31 describes, I had the officers of Judah go up onto the wall, and I appointed two large choirs and processions. One marched south, and then we learn in verse 38, the other Thanksgiving choir marched on the wall in the opposite direction, with me and half the people behind it, above the tower of the ovens to the broad wall. So one group of Levites goes clockwise, and the other group of Levites goes counterclockwise, thus encircling the city. Ezra leads one group of Livium, and Nehemiah leads the other group of Livium, in opposite directions. This is such a curious symbolism, Ezra and Nehemiah leading together, but also leading and walking in opposite directions. As we noted in chapters 1 and 2, Nehemiah is somewhat more politically savvy than Ezra, and certainly much more direct and confrontational with his reactions to the opposition. He seems to be just as committed to the overall goal of commitment to Torah and mitzvot, but Ezra and Nehemiah have a very different style much like Moshe and Yehoshua, whose leadership styles they each seem to evoke respectively. Each of the groups that Ezra and Nehemiah lead have seven priests and eight Levite musicians. Both groups, after circling the city, it seems to be the literal sense of the verse is that they literally walk on the city walls, which were wide enough for people to walk on them. They then meet up at the temple. As verse 43 describes, on that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for Hashem made them rejoice greatly. The women and the children also rejoiced, and the rejoicing in Yerushalayim could be heard from afar. This dedication ceremony is marked by simcha, by joy. In fact, the word simcha appears in that one verse four times. What a contrast to the dedication of the Beit HaMikdash described in the book of Ezra, chapter 3, verse 13. The people could not distinguish the shouts of joy from the people's weeping, for the people raised a great shout the sound of which could be heard from afar. At the dedication of the Beit HaMikdash, just like the dedication of the city walls, the sound can be heard from afar. But at the dedication of the Beit HaMikdash, there's also weeping. No doubt people are looking at the second Beit HaMikdash and comparing it to the first Beit HaMikdash and noting perhaps how it pales in comparison. 
but at the dedication ceremony of the city walls, there seems to be only simcha, only joy. Both Malbim and Mitzudat David note something in this verse that is kind of interesting. Verse 43, when describing the great simcha, almost seems to go a step too far in describing the simcha, as if it's trying too hard to emphasize just how joyous they were. Why were they so joyous? As verse 43 says, Ki ha'elokim simcham, God put the joy in their hearts. As Mitzudat David restates in his commentary, Natan simcha belibam, God placed the simcha in their hearts. It seems to be that perhaps their experience could have been very similar to what happened at the dedication of the Beit HaMikdash, as described in the book of Ezra, that there would have been weeping and joy had not God put the joy in their hearts. Nehemiah is also describing something that is incredibly rare within this book, and not just the book of Nehemiah, but the book of Ezra as well, and Megillat Esther. All of these three books describing this time period, the early stages of Shivat Zion, share something in common, which is a lack of any type of overtness, any type of explicit hand of God acting. It's up to the leaders to point out to the people where they feel the hand of God in their lives. But overall, there seems to be a sense of blindness, a desperate search to identify God's hand acting in history. And so here we have an incredibly rare reference where Nehemiah considers his experience and the experience of the community at the dedication ceremony of the city walls, his very life's mission, and looks at the joy around him and says, Kia Elokim Simcham, God allowed them to rejoice. God put that joy there. It seems as if Nehemiah is pausing and reflecting that this moment, this moment that chapter 12 has been describing, the dedication ceremony of the completed city walls was because God allowed it to happen. And so at this point, it seems like Nehemiah's mission is complete. However, as we'll see in Nehemiah chapter 13, there is still some unfinished work ahead. Thank you for studying together. Le'ilo Nishmat Rose Foreman, Rachel Rachel Bat Arye Lieb, and Rachel Zeitlin. Rachel Bat Shlomo.